0: You're listening to The Packernet Podcast Network So you must be pretty upset after the Yankees lost Bill Mazeroski I hate him He made Mickey Mantle cry The paper said that the Nick was crying Mickey Mantle, is that what you're upset about? Mickey Mantle makes $100,000 a year How much does your father make? I don't know You don't know? See, if your father can't pay the rent, go ask Mickey Mantle, see what he tells you. Mickey Mantle don't care about you, so why should you care about him? Nobody cares.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the PackerNet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Some wise words from Sonny from the Bronx tale. A Bronx tale. You know, there's a decent amount of truth to that. And I know that uh, it's not so much about loving Aaron Rodgers as it is just wanting the Packers to be okay. But I, 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 so much about this is so weird. If, if you'd have... Uh, it's, it's, it's just... You go on Twitter and it's like the whole... Everybody on Twitter is like, just just trade the guy. If you would have asked me a week ago... Is there any scenario in the world in which you can imagine in a couple days 95% of Packers Twitter is going to say we should trade Aaron Rodgers out and said there's not a single thing that could happen that would make that a reality? And so it's it's just a weird thing where I'm, I'm having such a hard time even processing my own thoughts and feelings on it because there's, there's layers to it. There's this layer of, you know, rogers as just a human being there's the packers there's you know rogers attitude there's the the other possibilities of of you know maybe the packers not doing things the right way and and what that could possibly be and what that means for the future and thoughts about jordan love and thoughts about the draft class and there's just so much stuff bouncing around inside of my head but let me pose a couple different thoughts other than just running the same narrative over with the train and backing it over at six, seven, eight, nine times. Here's what happened, and this is what I think about it, and Rogers says he doesn't want to be here, and he's forcing his way out, and he's a big baby, and blah, blah, blah. You've heard me say that 19 times. There's been some new information that's come out. That isn't really new information. It's kind of stuff that I think we sort of already knew, and that is that Rodgers hasn't been happy for a very long time. We knew that he wasn't happy about Kumaro. We knew he wasn't happy about Jordy. We knew he wasn't happy about Randall. You know, I mean, I believe the same thing has happened with the tight ends. He liked Jared Cook, and they got rid of Jared Cook, or at least it fell through. We know that he really liked Jimmy Graham, and they got rid of Jimmy Graham. We know that he made comments about drafting a wide receiver when they ended up drafting Jordan Love. So there's there's a couple things here. But the first one, and I don't know how well this is going to play on a podcast, but I thought it was brilliant enough that I want to at least give it a shot. And you're going to have to use your imagination here. But I had a conversation with my half-Mexican lawyer, and he reminded me of a scene from The Office that is almost too perfect. And I could try to describe it to you, which maybe is better than playing the scene's audio and then explaining to you how the parallels. But I'm just let's just try it out anyways. And you can kind of fill in the gaps. If you want to see more of a visual, he actually made a little video with different subtitles, you know, kind of changing a couple things. And we posted it in the Facebook group. But let's go ahead and play this anyways. I guess to try to set the scene just a little bit, Michael Scott has been very loyal to a company for a very long time. He finds out that he's basically extremely underpaid, underappreciated, and now they don't want to pay for him to have a birthday party. And all these things finally built up to the point where he decides he's going to drive from Scranton, Pennsylvania, all the way to New York City to confront his boss in person and tell him that he deserves better treatment than this. Here you go.
0: Hello, Stephanie? Okay, where is he? Michael. So is this a meeting you've been in all day? How did you get here, Michael? I drove. Okay. Canceled my 15th anniversary party. Just pulled the rug out from under me. He said, no figs. I've already bought them, and I don't have a place to store them. So I feel like I've been sort of boned. Did you talk to him about this? You've talked to him all day, obviously. Did you talk to him about this? Well, I didn't know about the figs specifically. Okay, then I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. Because I thought in the new system that I was supposed to talk to Charles, and then Charles was supposed to talk to you, and that would dilute any need for me to ever talk to you that's again that's not I exactly the clearly system. that's what you wanted no 15 years i've been here and i have sacrificed a lot yes i've put having a family on hold
1: we didn't ask and you and i've never
0: gone hang gliding and i've never driven my car to the top of mount washington i don't understand that after 15 years of service here i have to get in the car and drive to new york in order to talk to you that doesn't seem right to me That doesn't seem fair, and I think that I've earned more than that.
1: Yeah. You're right. Yes, I get it. I get it, Michael. Okay. Here's what I'm going to do. Okay. We will move some money around, and I will personally see to it that you have your party, you have your figs, I will be in attendance, it's going to be great. How's that? I quit. What? It's almost too perfect of a parallel, and in a weird way, it kind of provided a little bit of, not fully understanding, but it it got me there a little bit. If we assume Michael Scott is Aaron Rodgers, and David Wallace is Brian Gutekunst, you even have the parallel of talking about putting barriers in between them, you know, so you set it up so that I don't even get to come talk to you. I got to go through somebody else so I can even talk to you. And then at the end, what happened? He brings his issues to the Packers. The Packers say, all right, you know what? You're right. We will give you an extension. And Aaron Rodgers responds with, you know what? No, I quit. Aaron Rodgers just reenacted the office. And look, I don't know how much of this is in his head and how much of this is perceived, right? I mean, Aaron Rodgers makes a, a comment about Jay Kumaro. Shortly thereafter, the Packers cut kumaro I mean, did he really think that the Packers... Decided to, that first of all, Brian Gutekunst heard him and his comments online, and then said, "You know what? Call up Kumro, tell him he's off the team." I mean, it's it's kind of delusional, but I think there is a lot of that. I think it's a, it's a mix of Rogers wishing things were different, wishing he had a little bit more say in things, and also being a little bit paranoid, thinking that the Packers are deliberately doing things just to slight him. I don't want to make too many parallels to uh, folks at work, because I'm again, I'm pretty sure some of them listen, but let's just say I've seen things like this take place where maybe some people's input isn't really taken into account. And although it's true that a better job could be done of taking some things, some thoughts, some questions, comments, and concerns seriously, the other half of the concerns are a little bit of of paranoia. He's doing that just to slight me. When in reality, the, the ultimate truth in life is what Sonny said. And as I've said several times, the best advice I ever got was from my dad when he told me nobody cares. Rogers. nobody cares enough about you to cut good players simply because you like them. You're very important to this team. You're a very important person. I understand it's hard to not feel like the world revolves around you when every step you take, you've got a camera in your face, you've got people. I mean, if you, if you scratch yourself at a ball game, it's going to be 24-7 wall-to-wall coverage. So I understand feeling like the world revolves around you, but Brian Gutekunst is a very busy man. And if he, and if he cut Jay Kumaro, that that was something that was in motion for probably weeks. Now, could they maybe have said, ooh, Rogers just made a statement, if this is assuming they even heard it. Could they have possibly said, Rogers made a statement, why don't we wait a little bit? Or talk to Rogers and be like, look, just letting you know, I, I just heard you made a statement about it. We had plans of, of cutting him. I mean, again, it's, it's stuff that I would never consider you would need to do because I wouldn't think a grown man would take something like that personally. But, you know, we can play the maybe game now that things have completely dissolved. And again, this went on before Gouda comes. He obviously had problems with Mike McCarthy and Ted Thompson, which is part of, the, part of my frustration with Rodgers because what were his biggest complaints? He's got a coach that he thought was not smart enough, right? I mean, that, that's the rumor. He thought Mike McCarthy was kind of dumb and that his his scheme was too weak and too lame, and he had a GM that refused to do anything in free agency. So they hire a really intelligent head coach with the scheme that we already know he likes, the Shanahan scheme, and hires a GM that goes out and spends every single penny that we have on free agents and actually does it well. But yet he still finds a reason to complain. But whatever. It is what it is. This is, this is his interpretation of things. This is, you know, I think he's been up in his head about this for such a long time. And, and, and again, talking about communication, if there's not good open lines of communication, all that happens is you get up in your head about stuff. You ever notice that with, I mean, it could be anybody. It could be a friend, a coworker, your, your spouse, especially. You ever notice how like stuff starts to annoy you? And then you start thinking they're doing that stuff on purpose and you just start telling yourself self stuff all the time. And then eventually after like a month, it turns into this like blow up argument. And as you're like saying it out loud and way too loud of a voice, you're realizing how stupid it sounds as it's coming out of your mouth. And you're in like this uh uh-oh mode, like, shoot, that doesn't actually make sense. But I'm saying this really loudly, so I got to kind of commit to it and I'll try to find my way out of here. And then she starts dumping on you about stuff like, what are you talking about? Suddenly, you know, she's been holding on to this stuff forever reading your mind about, well, you're doing that because of this, and it's like, what are you, I didn't even think, what are you talking about? It's because you guys, rather than talking about stuff, you're up in your own head, and I think Rodgers has been up in his own head a lot. Rather than going to them with, with his concerns that, hey, it seems to me like you got, you're you cutting every guy that I like, and I don't really know why you're doing that. Are you just trying to, like, mess with me or what? I'm sure they could have hashed it out that way and come to some kind of a, a, a thing. And again, I think if Gutekunst had any idea that it would come to this, he would have figured something out. And he's admitted as much. But, you know, we're, we're beyond that now, unfortunately. Which kind of brings me to, and there's no real good segue here, but some other thoughts. And this is also what I had talked to um, my half-Mexican lawyer about. And if you're wondering why I keep saying that, because I find it funny, because it's offensive. To some people, not to me or him, but some people out there find it offensive. And just knowing that somebody out there is gasping, it makes me chuckle a little bit. So I say it. Anyways... There's also another dynamic here, which, again, it kind of it doesn't matter, but it just kind of gives me some perspective, I guess. He has an obligation to the Green Bay Packers, and I think he's being a crybaby, and all that stuff is true. However, I've also made the statement that if I were Aaron Rodgers, I would never play another down in the NFL again. All that money, all that freedom to do anything I want in the world, the last thing I'd ever want to do is set foot on a football field and have my skull caved in. There is somewhat of an element of, you've only got one life, and it's your life, and you have the right to live it the way that you want to. Doesn't mean I have to agree with it, but this guy's got everything he could ever want. He doesn't need money. You heard A.J. Hawk talk about it. This isn't about money. It's not about an extension. It's about commitment, and it's about all these different things. He has a wish list, and the the fact of the matter is, the direction of the Green Bay Packers and the direction of Aaron Rodgers and his own self-fulfillment do not line up anymore. Aaron Rodgers wants more power. He wants more control. He wants status, in a sense. The same thing that Tom Brady gets in Tampa, the same thing Peyton Manning got. The ability to call your own shots, the ability to call up the owner and have conversations, the GM, and have conversations about, you know, how we think the team should move forward. He wants to be valued in that kind of a way. He'd also like to be maybe on the West Coast, whatever. Whatever. But the point is you can just if you just imagine, and I'm kind of making this up, but but just as a visual, imagine you have all this money and all this freedom, and you're about to get married, and there's all these great things going on in your life, and you're getting a little bit older, and you, you realize he's about the same age I am, a few years older. You kind of get to around this age and you realize, you know, life really isn't gonna go on forever. That hit me around like 29-ish. You know, it went from being something that I knew in my head to something that really hit me. Kind of deep down. Scared the crap out of me. Still does once in a while. Time just, somebody cranked that dial and now uh, years go by in about a month and a half. It's like, dude, slow down. I don't want to die tomorrow. Let's drag this out a little bit. But imagine you're Rodgers and you got everything you could ever want. I don't know how to feel about Green Bay other than a hindrance. I, it's not to say he doesn't like the team. It's not to say he doesn't like the fans. It's not to say he doesn't have some kind of a... a uh, Sense of, of pride or, or duty or dignity about, about being here or staying here. But he doesn't want to live in Wisconsin. And again, that the team is not really in, going in the same direction. The team is not Aaron Rodgers focused. And so if he stays with Green Bay, it's simply out of duty and obligation to probably primarily his teammates. But once you get that voice in your head, and maybe that was Shailene, maybe it was him watching Tom Brady from afar, maybe it was just his own musings while sitting around drinking some scotch, whatever. But at some point, there's a little voice in his head that said, dude, we could just leave. And I remember, I I have very serious problems with it. I had it especially when I was in college, but all through school. There's this issue where, for example, in college, I would dread the fact that I had to go to class. Dread, 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 dread. Hate school with a passion. I cannot describe to you how much I hate school. And I would be sitting there and I'd be stewing about it and I'd be angry about it. And then all of a sudden, this little voice in my head, not an audible voice, I'm not crazy, just relaxed but a thought would occur to me. Strange that it would always have to occur to me because I did it almost every day. But suddenly there would be this thing that said, dude, you don't have to go. Nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to know. You can just skip it. And I knew that I shouldn't. And I knew that I had been skipping it several days in the past, and I knew that I would probably want to do it tomorrow. And at some point, I have to go. And the responsible, right thing to do would be to just go to class. But as soon as you just got a taste of it, that rush of excitement of I could just stay here. I don't have to go anywhere. I could just start slamming the leftover beverages from last night's little soiree. Just call it a day. Let's get this thing ramped up. Seven o'clock in the morning. There's no going back. Once you get that taste of freedom, there's no going back. And I think Rodgers wanted to make it work. I mean, we're talking, what, five years? He's been having issues and stuff gnawing at him. And again, probably could have been some better work on Rodgers' part and on the Packers' part. But I think he's at this point now where he's just like, look, they want to go in a different direction. And, and he again, at the beginning of the year, he came to the Packers and he said, this is what I want. I want an extension because I want you to commit to me and then I'll be happy. And the more he just sat on it, the more he stewed about it, the more he thought about being traded. Go into a team that that fits a, a vision of of what he wants, being in California, being able to be on the beach, you know, planning a life together with his his now soon-to-be wife, being out with friends, whatever it is. And again, the power and control of being in a different team, that's going to give him that power and control, which is probably most teams in the NFL, if, if if he says, yeah, this is contingent on when I call, you pick up the phone, and we're going to have meetings, and we're going to have conversations about how you can, how we can help build this team, and how you can support me, because I'm the most important thing, I think most teams are going to be like, you, you're absolutely right. In fact, we're giving away a ton of draft picks, and probably some players, because we agree, you are the key focal point of what's going to get us a Super Bowl. Packers aren't wired that way, and I respect that, and I agree with that. I think a GM is a GM, a coach is a coach, a quarterback is a quarterback. But it's fine. Anybody can figure out how to run their team however they want. But again, I think somewhere in the process he started thinking about it. I think that was reinforced. Again, I think Tom Brady kind of calling his own shots really, I mean, that that was the ultimate for Rodgers, right? He watched Tom, who's a buddy of his, leave New England, go to a place right on the beach. He called up all his buddies and said, hey, let's go to Tampa and let's just have a party and play football and win the Super Bowl. The coach literally says he kicks up his feet and basically lets Tom run the team. I mean, I'm sure that's a little bit of hyperbole, but there's a lot to that. He points at a guy and says, I want him here. Antonio Brown, I want him here. Boom, they went out and got him. Now they're talking about going out and getting Edelman. He wanted to run it back and get another Super Bowl. They re-signed everybody. Doesn't matter the cost. They went out and did it. Tom Brady left the frigid, cold New England, went to the warm beaches of Tampa Bay, just cruising out in Clearwater Beach calling his shots, partying with his friends, and in one year wins a Super Bowl, and beyond that cements his legacy. For years, Tom Brady's had to hear people say that, no, it's Bill Belichick that got you those titles. He leaves, the Patriots miss the playoffs, and he wins a Super Bowl. His legacy is beyond cemented now. How much would Aaron Rodgers love to go to another team, win a Super Bowl, and be able to say, see, I told you they were holding me back. It wasn't me, it was them. And had I been supported this whole time, I would have 10 Super Bowls by now do I think that'll happen? No. Would he, does he believe that? And would he love to try to prove that? Yes. And so again, I I think in the strictest sense, you are a football player. You were given a massive contract by the green Bay Packers. I think Gutekunst has done a great job by you. I think Matt LaFleur has done a great job. I think your, your teammates, you owe it to your teammates, your coaches, your GM, your fans to go back and play. But there's also a part of me that can completely understand this side of him that, realizes it's my life, and it would be much better if I was over there. Why can't I? Again, I don't agree with it, but I can sympathize with it. I think it's wrong, but I also think if I was in his position, I'd also probably be doing the wrong things, which, by the way, is why I don't agree with people saying who, you know, do as I say, not as I do. I mean, I I agree with that saying. Most people are like, that's such a terrible saying. Never say that. No, absolutely say that. You know how many failures I have as a human being? You think I want my kids to, to learn from, the, from what I do? No. I want to tell them flat out, look, here are the areas in which I suck. Here's why my life is miserable, because I suck. Don't do what I do. Here's what you do instead. Now, if I can teach them things that I can actually do, great. But in those areas that I can't, listen to me. Don't follow in my footsteps. Do as I say. I'm a failure. You don't need to be. I think it's a great saying, do as I say, not as I do. Does that make you a hypocrite? Yeah, so what? But again, that's, that's the situation with Roger. Is it wrong? Yes. Would I do it? Absolutely I would. So can I really be that mad at him? No. I mean, I, I can, and maybe I will, because he's being a baby and it hurts me, so I get to be a baby about him being a baby, and we just go round and round. Or, and, and again, maybe they work this out. Maybe Aaron Rodgers doesn't go anywhere. But the other side of this is, I'm legitimately, and I I, I shouldn't be, because the analytical part of my brain is telling me, listen, dummy, The odds that Jordan Love is anything other than a garbage backup quarterback is pretty low. That is to say, just statistically speaking, not based on his talent, none of that, just based on how many late-round quarterbacks can materialize into anything somewhat competent, I would guess less than 50%. And then you factor in how many question marks he had coming in, and people looking at him like, I wouldn't touch that guy with a 10-foot pole, the interceptions and whatnot. But despite that, despite the analytical part of my brain saying, dude, listen, Rodgers leaves, Jordan Love takes over, you're not going to the playoffs, you're not getting to 500, even though you can't anymore, but you're not getting eight wins. I can't help fight the feeling that I'm actually extremely excited about it. I'm excited about this new vision for the Green Bay Packers. I'm excited about, and again, this is kind of the nerd in me. It's why I like the draft and part, and even looking at other teams, because it's there's, a, there's an element of... What is the team and how do we build around it? But there's also just, it opens everything back up. Like I talked about, when Rodgers is on your team, Rogers is everything. And everything centers around him. When Rodgers leaves, it's all wide open. The focal point of your offense can be your running backs. It can be Devontae. It can be, you know, more trick kind of plays. In fact, you tend to rely on those things more often. The excitement level that this offense is going to bring because it's largely going to fall on Matt LaFleur's shoulders as opposed to Aaron Rodgers' shoulders, makes this a very exciting kind of offense. If Jordan Love is a halfway decent quarterback, in this scheme with Devontae Adams and these running backs, not to mention a massive pile of picks, potentially, thanks to Aaron Rodgers, I can't describe to you how excited I am about that. And if it's not Jordan Love, if we trade Rodgers, we get those piles of pile of picks, we take our really high pick because if again if Jordan Love's no good so what we're picking 10th, 9th, 7th, 5th, package a bunch of picks, our 22022s and maybe a 2023 and move up to I don't know, number 1, number 2 if we can depending on if the team up there needs a quarterback if not, let's see if we can buy it from them. Go get Spencer Rattler. Go get Sam Howell. Get JT Daniels. Better yet, get Matt Corral, my guy. I see he dropped four spaces on this consensus big board. That's nonsense. Guy's a freak. He's too cool for school, man. But I don't know. I'm 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 fired up. I really am. Um, I want to talk a little bit about part of the reason why I'm fired up, and and the somewhat exciting but also somewhat depressing reality that tomorrow uh, tomorrow the this year the Packers defense might be the biggest strength of this team. And the reason that would be depressing is because this would be a situation where Rodgers would get his top five defense, except he left, and so. Um, Obviously, that would be somewhat depressing. But I am extremely excited about this defense, and I want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, But why don't we go ahead and take a break first. Um, Don't believe we got any thank yous. If we do and I miss it, I apologize. But please check out patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy if you'd like to support the podcast. You can do so for as little as $1 per month, and you can even pay for the year. It's $10 for the year for one whole year of podcasts. I think that's a pretty good deal. Please consider it. We'll be right back. Hey, US Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't just misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you. Us Days at US Cellular, exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Terms apply.
0: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting
1: to your happy place for a
0: happy price go to your happy price price line
1: so i wanted to switch gears a little bit because uh pro football focus sent out a little thing as they do and i'm I'm a little upset that i didn't notice it i talked a while back about you know when pff came out with their man and zone stuff about the corners and how Jair is one of the best man cover corners in the NFL. He's also very good at zone. Um, All that stuff. We've also been talking since then about the Packers playing zone in general. I said that I was kind of shocked to find out that the Packers are one of the most zone-heavy teams in the NFL and that even if they do get a little bit more zone-heavy because the Rams, I think, were number one and the Packers are like number seven-ish, if they drift in that direction, it's not going to be that big of a change. The thing that is... uh, uh, I guess a couple things that I missed or didn't think about as I try to put these pieces together. Number one, I never looked at safeties. I looked at the corners. I gave you the stats and the grades for the corners. Never looked at the safeties. So PFF came out with this little thing, and let me find it so I can make it exact. This via Pro Football Focus says, uh, possibility of more man coverage for the Packers in 2020, question mark. Man coverage grades and ranks in 2020. Darnell Savage, 91.9, number one among safeties. Again, very upset because I should have given you that ted- tidbit first, but I never thought to look at safeties. Jair Alexander, 85 overall grade, third among cornerbacks. Then it goes on to say career grade of 89.3 for Eric Stokes was the highest among draft-eligible corners. So we have the number one man coverage safety in the NFL, Darnell Savage. The number three man cover corner in the NFL, in Jair Alexander, and the highest man corner, highest graded man cover corner of all the draft eligible corners. So everybody that got draft, Eric Stokes was the highest. Now, why didn't I give you that tidbit? Because they don't have grades that I can see. I saw the stats, and I gave you the stats, and I actually told you the stats seemed to be better in man which i was not happy about because again i'm in my mind i'm thinking oh man we're gonna be playing zone all the time so I, I wish it was the opposite but it's not he actually does better in man but here's the interesting thing we know that the background of joe Barry is zone heavy but we also know there's a component of man and zone for every team and we also know that there are um sort of a sliding scale of what people do based on the corners that you have Jalen Ramsey and the Rams is strictly a zone guy. He's actually quite bad in man, as are a lot of the other guys. They're incredibly good in zone. They're bad in man. So it makes sense that the Rams, not necessarily because it's how they run their scheme, necessarily, but more so because you want to utilize and put your guys in the best position to succeed. And when your team is built by zone corners, who are dominant zone corners, but really bad in man, that tends to make sense. However... The Green Bay Packers have one of the best lockdown man corners in the NFL, apparently have one of the best zone corners or safeties in the NFL, and drafted arguably the best man cover corner in this draft. I don't know that it's impossible that there isn't a heavy dose of man-to-man coverage. Again, there's always going to be blends and everything kind of— there's nothing as—you uh, know, we tend to think in terms of black and white, like this team runs man-to-man and this team runs zone. Everything's a blend, and even on one given play, you got some guys doing man, some guys doing zone, and there's there's nuance even within that. It's man if this, it's zone if this, and what zone you're in depends on this or that, or who you cover depends on this or that. But the point is, man is really hard to do. Man corners and man football players are really hard to find, and the Packers have some of the best. And you can do some really special things, and I talked to Coach Hahn, and I would encourage you, I want to get it on YouTube eventually, but go to the, oh, I don't know if I shared it, cheese and packers facebook page in case i forget i posted a video there coach hon did a breakdown uh, i appreciate him doing that uh via my request based on this information i said what does this mean what can we do i said listen we got a a, a great corner we've got a number one safety and there's also one other tidbit here because when i sorted i, I went and looked at the safety and i noticed because remember." Savage and Amos were basically one and two in terms of best safeties in football. So I sorted by man coverage grade, and Savage was number one, and I didn't even see Amos on there. He was not graded very highly. But what did that tell me? He must be really high in zone, because he graded out as the number one or number two in football, I think. Sure enough, I sorted by zone coverage grade. He was number one in the NFL. So Savage is the number one press man safety, or man safety, I guess. Amos is the number one zone guy. Now, again, number one, number three, number five, it's somewhat subjective depending on how you grade or whatever, but the point is Savage is very good in man. Jair is very good in man. Amos is very good in zone, and I I gave that to Coach Hahn. I said, look, what do you do if you're the defensive coordinator and and this is what you got? He says, I'm going to run man match cover one and bring six man pressures till the cows come home. And that's one of the things he highlighted is that when you can play man, you can bring pressure. And that's one of the benefits of it. So he goes more into detail about how all that works, and and obviously he's just given a very brief overview because everything has layers and layers and layers and nuance upon nuance upon nuance. But uh, be sure to go check that out because it's a very good breakdown, at least in terms of a general thing. And and I don't know what the plan is. Maybe they are still going to be doing heavy zone, but they at least have the ability to play man, and, and that ability is really, really beneficial. Because most teams don't have that ability. Most teams just don't have the personnel to be able to match man-to-man, man. and and they do it from time to time because you have to mix it up. You can't just do zone all the time or they'll kill you. But the problem is when you realize that you got to play man sometimes, but even when you do, then you start losing because, again, they're just not good at it. So when you factor all that in, and the fact that we have a new defensive coordinator, and the fact that I do think it's going to be more of an attacking defense, and the fact that I do think you may find more you know linebackers roving at the line of scrimmage you may see more six-man pressures as opposed to three-man pressures and dropping you know bringing pressure with our edge guys instead of dropping our edge guy and also one of the benefits is when you bring six if, if we assume that their running back is going to stay in and block, which I'm sure they will, even if that wasn't the plan, the quarterback is going to make an adjustment and say, dude, we got six coming, you're staying. It now becomes six on six, and now we dictate coverage to you, and that's what Coach Hawn has been talking about for a while now, about what Tampa Bay does so well. When you bring extra guys, the offensive line no longer gets to dictate. You have to match man for man, and once you go man to man, we now are in control. We dictate to you, you don't dictate to us. It also takes away the fact that, as we know, Zadarius Smith was the second most double teamed guy in the NFL. No double teams if it's six on six or five on five. You cannot double team a guy. Not possible. Unless you want to just have somebody come completely on block, then I'm guessing that's not the plan. So suddenly, Zadarius Smith's production goes through the roof. All this while the DBs have massively improved, partially from growth, partially from a new scheme, partially from the addition of. Not just one, but two corners. I am genuinely excited. I'm also genuinely excited about what's going to happen with A.J. Dillon getting a larger role and having Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon on the field at the same time. Because as I said, I would love to be able to go back and find it because I'm pretty sure they had high success rates almost every time. And usually what it was is some kind of a read in which Aaron uh, A.J. Dillon was the running back. Aaron Jones splits out. They stack the box because they're terrified of A.J. Dillon. And we just throw it to Aaron Jones and he goes out and gets nine. I'm unbelievably excited about the prospect of Amari Rogers coming in. Not only do we have a talented quarterback, whoever it may be, who's able to do all the little things. If you go back and watch Jordan Love, it just it just oozes, oozes Matt LaFleur offense. But you bring in, oh, I'm getting excited. So you got the backfield, right? You've got Devontae, who's your true ex. I mean, he is the foundation of everything as far as production. You, you, you want outside of a quarterback and a tackle and all that kind of stuff if you want to attack a defense with a a weapon right a, a wide receiver whatever that that number one true genuine top five wide receiver is the most valuable thing you can have on that team you know you got your mvs's you've got your amari rogerses you got your slot guys you got all the fun little things you got the running backs these are all helpful the tight end but man you get that true number one wide receiver and that's your cornerstone not your again quarterback tackle whatever but that's where you begin attacking down the field. The Packers have that. Best wide receiver in football. You add in the tight ends, and they're all different. Mercedes Lewis adds to the blocking. Mercedes Lewis and Alan Lazard on the field, fantastic blocking ability, with great running backs in the backfield. You add in the dynamic of Josiah DeGuara, the motion tight end, the H-back, the guy that's going to be moving around all the time. He's motioning to the other side, and you know maybe seven, eight times out of ten, he's blocking. But about three times out of ten, he's going to slip out into the flat. Again, remember, the offense looks the same every single time, at least at the beginning. And I've done some videos on this too, and it's just, it's so much fun to watch. You watch linebackers trying to figure out what's going on, and, and you don't know until the very last second when it's way too late. You add in a guy like Tanya, who is more of a down-the-field threat, or Sternberger, who is supposedly more of a down-the-field threat, a, a sort of a, a wide receiver, a receivery tight end, right? If we're going to get technical. You got MVS, who's got the speed. You got Lazard who, again, has the blocking, but also has great hands, a great 50-50 ability. But then you add in Amari Rodgers, which is a completely different dynamic. You know the, that Matt LaFleur loves that motion, and, and, and again, you got DeGuara that does but you've also got the wide receivers that do it. And Amari Rodgers has that ability. He's also got slot ability, and he can also line up in the backfield. He also has speed to get down the field as a down-the-field threat to stretch the seams, right? The amount of things that we can do with this offense are unbelievable. And again, ideally, Rodgers finds his way back because this is just, it's its almost unfair what this team is. It really is unfair. Is it perfect? Of course not. But no team should be allowed to have this much talent. And I, I'm, I'm dead serious. If if, if uh, Jordan Love is a decent quarterback, I still think this is a playoff caliber team. I still think they have the ability potentially to win the division. That largely depends on on what good means. And obviously, if he's terrible, I mean, there's only so much you can do. And again, then the, the then we move on to plan B of trying to find that next quarterback. Fortunately, next year, it seems to be a really solid class of at least four guys that should be first-round picks, in my estimation. Now, if you look at the list, um, the current list is Sam Howell, Spencer Rattler, JT Daniels, Keaton Slovis, and Tyler Shaw. I don't buy it. Keaton Slovis, however you say his name, not buying it. Howell, Rattler, and Daniels, I think, definitely are going to be first-round prospects. Again, Matt Corral, 100% should be a first-round prospect. I think he's going to be an early first-round prospect, and I don't care what anybody says. Tyler Shaw, I'm not totally sure about that either. We'll see what he can do at Texas Tech, but I think Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati has some real potential. I think Malik Willis out of Liberty could be similar to a Trey Lance where it's a very small school, but he's also extremely talented, so, you know, whatever. He also ran for a thousand yards last year. So, you know, he's he's again, he's sort of like Trey Lance. Good arm, good thrower, runs for a thousand yards. Maybe Carson Strong, Nevada against small school, but great quarterback. So point is if the Packers are bad and have a top 10 pick and have additional compensation because of a trade and are able to move up a little bit, which shouldn't be that hard, because there's somebody up there that doesn't need a quarterback. Even if that's like the 49ers moving up to three, there's gonna be a guy. And we still get to be excited about the level of talent that is on this team. We still get to be excited about the fact that we still have Brian Gutekunst, who's fantastic at evaluation. We still get to be excited about the fact that Matt LaFleur is still a wizard as far as his, his ability to be a coach and, and to draw up offensive plays and, and, and game plans. All that doesn't change because Aaron Rodgers is gone. All that stays the same, and in fact, we just keep building. And he's done a great job building. And there's there's nothing more important than a good GM and quarter and and coach combo cuz that's what it gives you. Find the talent, find the guy that knows how to utilize the talent. That's it. That's 100% of the equation. As long as those two pieces are intact, we're going to be just fine. Yes, we have to find a quarterback. Maybe we have him, maybe we don't, but we got a guy that's really talented that's going to be able to find that guy. I have faith in that. Now, there are no guarantees. Maybe next year there's only one guy that's any good, and he goes number one overall, and there's no possibility of getting that guy. But the door's always open. Like, like I mentioned before, you don't have to have Pat Mahomes to win a Super Bowl. It helps. But every single year we hear about how good the 49ers are and how they're contenders. Why? Jimmy Garoppolo's their quarterback. They should automatically be out of contention. Why do people care about the Vikings or the Bears? When the Bears had such a good defense, it was like, oh man, this they're they're in it. Why? They don't have Aaron Rodgers. Why are we talking about the Vikings? Why, why do we even entertain when they went to the, the playoffs for, you know, two years out of the last three or whatever? Why do we even entertain that? They've, they've got Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is good, not great. What is the point? Why even try? Why, why don't we just kick them out of the tournament? Just kick them out of the playoffs? What a waste of everybody's time. Because they do have a chance. Because the Eagles just won a Super Bowl not very long ago with Nick Foles. So it's it's actually a similar message to what I said down the stretch last year. You got to be able to enjoy the ride. You got to be able to enjoy all the stuff. You got to be able to build enjoy the the building process. The excitement of, of what's to come, the newness of it all. Embrace it, enjoy it. If Rodgers is back, then I think the Packers have arguably the best roster in football. If Rodgers is not back, we don't know what kind of a roster we have, uh, you know, based on the quarterback, which is a major piece. But we can get excited about the fact that if, if Jordan Love is good, we could be talking dynasty. If Jordan Love is bad, we got a good defense. We got some great offensive pieces. We're going to have a ton of picks. And we get to do the most exciting thing in the draft, which is trying to find the quarterback of the future. And that's exciting. And if you can't find a way to enjoy that, enjoy, again, the process and the drama and, and just the, the building of, of a team. You know, Again, I I enjoy even looking at the Lions, how they're tearing it down and rebuilding it. I appreciate that. I like that. I think it's fun watching how it all comes together, watching the plans. It's one of the reasons the Bears are so frustrating is because I don't see a coherent plan. I see a a GM who's just trying to keep his job from day to day. Not to say they can't win, but there's no plan here. The Vikings, I think, didn't play their hand quite well, but they might be able to come through this with all these other picks that they got. If they can hit on a bunch of these picks, man... And again, as a Packer fan, I don't want him to, but, but as a, just an NFL fan, it's, it's fun to recognize it and see the craft in it. And at the end of the day, the, Aaron Rodgers is going somewhere, but the Packers aren't. And win, lose, or draw, we get to be Packer fans, and we get to cheer for the team just as many weeks as every other team, maybe minus the playoff. And we get to be excited just like everybody else. We get to cheer and scream and jump up and down. We get to fire up the grill, make some food, hang out with family, wear the Packer gear, and back the green and gold. It's a lot more fun when they win, but no matter what happens, not Aaron Rodgers, Brian Gutekunst, or anybody can take that away. So let's enjoy it. Sound good? All right. I'm going to bed. You folks have yourselves a fantastic Tuesday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.